Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. So on this series of spiritual maturity and growing up, we want to address the subject of importance of spiritual growth. Why is it so important that we grow spiritually? Because some people can say, well, growing up, some people think it's natural. Growing up, some people think that, well, if I spend X number of years as a believer, uh, I will grow naturally. That the number of years or the time you spend uh, will determine your growth. That uh, if you have been a five, year, five years coming to church, you would have grown and so on and so forth. Many people think that growing, spiritual growth is automatic. I want you to know today that growing up is not automatic. Growing up is an intentional thing you have to do as a child of God. You have to intentionally grow. Praise God. God's concern for each and every one of us is our spiritual maturity. That is what God wants to gain in our lives. The day we became Christians, that is good. There is an entry level. That is great. Nobody is born mature. There is a process. You have to grow. But at the end of the day, whether you are a baby, whether you are a child, whether you're a young adult, whether you're a fully grown person, the goal of God at the end of the day, when you are given birth to in the kingdom, is to become fully mature. I shared in the first service that there is a correlation between physical growth and spiritual growth. In the realm of this earth, in the world, in humanity, you come to this world as a baby. Also, in the realm of our spirit, in our spiritual walk, we are born. The day we get born again, we are spiritual babies as well. So, there is growth in the natural you become a child after you have been weaned from milk. The same way in the spiritual. After a while that you have been a baby Christian, there will be times that you can move from being somebody that can be depended on to somebody that you have some level of dependence on. Like babies, for example. Babies, they don't do anything for you. They can't do anything even for themselves. Babies will cry when they want to eat cry when they want to sleep, cry when they want to play, and just cry because they have missed the melody of their mouth to just cry. They cry when they are hungry. They cry when they are too full. They cry. Praise God. So you just, they're just dependent. You just, you can't depend on them. They, they, they need you in their lives. That's where spiritual babies are also. They are needed every time. They want this pastor pray for them. They want that pastor pray for them. They want this pastor pray for them. Pastor help me out with this. Pastor do this. Pastor, that, that's spiritual babies. But after a while, they start growing. There's a level of dependence and so on. The same way in the... In the, in the natural, one day he becomes fully mature. That's the desire of every parent, that they grow to maturity one day, that they even get to a stage, they become parents. Praise God. Like I told my son lately, when he turned 21, I said, praise God, my son, no, 20. 20. I'm already dreaming 21. Uh, all right. Well, I say, praise God, my son is now a man. 
My son, my only son, is now a man. Glory be to God. I said, I'm looking forward to start having my grandbabies. <laughs> he told me, he said, Dad, take it easy. Don't rush. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. But that's the desire of every parent. You want, you want your children to grow. Amen. I didn't hear your amen there. Yeah, we want to grow. He wants us all to grow up in our Christ-likeness. That is what he's aiming for. He wants more Christ. He wants more Christians, so to speak. Christ-like people. He planted his only begotten Christ. He planted him so he might have more Christians. Christ-like people. That is his goal. He wants you and I to be Christ-like until Christ be fully formed in us. He's not giving up on us. He wants us to be fully matured, just like a Jewish dad will do. He will train up his child so much. Galatians 4 explains that to us. He will train his child so much that his child will learn how to make decisions the same way he makes decisions. He will do things the same way he does things. He will be put through many tests, many trials. He will go through several tutors to make sure that he's in shape to behave and act and do things the way the Father will do things. And at that day, when the Father is fully satisfied, he performs a ceremony, Hepzibah. He gives him a ceremony, brings him to the center of the city, and will put him on a stone. And he will say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. He announces to the community, you can do business with him. He takes him, in our modern day, we can say to the bank manager, my signature is good. He can empty my account, honor it. Praise God. Be grace, right? Praise God. Don't worry too much. I know your parents won't do that for you. <laughs> Why? Because you are not yet fully matured. Well, the day you are fully matured, it's okay. You will even know your parents' pink code, right? It's pink code these days. And my friend keeps on forgetting me so. I said, how can you forget your pink code? He said, I change it every time. Why? He said his kids find out. Amen. Praise God. He wants us all to grow up in our Christ-likeness. That is to be transformed to the image of Christ. Knowing this, your growth and impacting and influencing the growth of others should be of paramount importance. Your growth, 
affecting the lives of others, influencing others to grow, must be of paramount importance to you. He wants us to be like his son in our character. He wants us to be like his son in our conduct. He wants us to be like his son in our actions. He wants us to be like his son in our attitude. In every area of our lives, he wants us to grow up Christ-like. This is what keeps God happy. This is what makes God happy. This is what keeps God proud, that you are behaving like Christ. And until we make this our earthly goal too, that whether it be in this tabernacle or outside this tabernacle, that Christ be formed in us. Until we make it our earthly goal, we are not yet on the path where we are fulfilling what we were created or born to be. This is a church of destiny. And you should understand that this is your destiny in God. Praise God. That Christ be formed in you. That's what this journey is all about. Christ being formed in you. Romans 8.29. Romans 8.29. Quickly, people of God, put it on the screen for the people of God. For whom he did for no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image. Okay, you are there. For whom he did for no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. You see, he wants you to conform to the image of what? His son. He wants you to conform to the image of his son. Whom he did for no, who is that? It's you. He did predestinate. That is your destiny, to be conformed to the image of his son. He wants Christ to be formed in you. Amen. His image and likeness be perfect in us. That is his goal. Our character, conduct, actions, attitude, everything about us, our choices, when this begins to happen, our choices, our choices now begin to change. We have a better taste. We have a better choice. It changes. Why? Christ has become our focal point. Praise God. Because we have been influenced by his word and by his spirit. That's the change. His word and his spirit. His creative agents. That is what changes us. His word and his spirit. When you want to change anything in this life, listen to me. Perhaps you haven't learned this divine secret. When you want to change anything, anything you don't like, anything you don't like, anything in your life you see that you don't want, anything in your environment that you don't like, anything in your career that you don't want there, anything in your business, in your finances that you don't want, anything in the life of your children that you don't want. Listen to me. These are the two elements you need. His word and his spirit. Once you got that, it's a done deal. In our growth, it's his word and his spirit. Those are the, that's what created this world. His word and his spirit. When you can grab a hold of his word. Everybody hold your word today. Say, this is my Bible. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. Don't be lazy. This is my Bible. Oh, say it with some love, some attitude, some excitement, some passion. This is my Bible. 
I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I'm a believer, not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. And my life is of the better after hearing the word of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Whoo, glory. Can I hear you shout a good amen there? For example, parents with children. We always want our children to turn out well. The pride of every parent is to see his son, is to see the daughter turn out well. That's the glory of parents. We see them become responsible citizens, maximizing their potentials. That is what we love to see in our children. We get disappointed when they behave irresponsibly. We are not happy. They are still our children, but we are not happy when that happens. Praise God. So is God. God is also disappointed too when his children are not maturing spiritually. When they are not bringing forth the image and the likeness of Christ, he is not happy. The Bible talks about the various stages. I shared this in the first service. Childhood or, 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 or being a babe. Second stage of being a youth. The third stage of being fully mature. That's what I call parents. Oh, 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 parenthood. Influencing the life of others. Because that's what parents do. Parents do everything to influence the life of their children, even to the degree when they do it too much. Isn't it so? Praise God. Maybe you didn't go in, in, grow up in that environment. I grew up in an environment that uh, in the country my wife was born. Praise God. I grew up in that environment that every child from every family must be a doctor. You must be a lawyer. If you are not a doctor, you must be a lawyer. Because uh, th that's the abuse of parenthood, but parents just want them to be, to, to be good in life. They want, to they want them to succeed. And in that part of the world, those are the only two professions that you can say uh, are thriving in a way. So parents are selfish about that. They will say, because they want their children to be the best, he will be a doctor. He'll be a lawyer. He'll be a professional. And so on and so forth. Praise God. They only want their children to turn out well. 
That can be an overkill. That's not what it should be. But they want their children to turn out well. That's the growth pattern. That's the paradigm. You start as a child. You, you get into your uh, youth life. That's where I call uh, struggles, where the struggles are, the battleground. That's where you, you wrestle with the flesh. The flesh wants one way. The spirit wants one way. Your parents want one way. The society wants one way. And you are full of struggles. But after a while, you break out of that. Then you become a parent one day. And after becoming a parent, you are now in a position to influence the life of others. The same way in the realm of the spirit. When you are a babe, you move to your childhood state. You struggle a while with some things. You get matured. But at the matured stage or the parenthood stage, that is the position you are now in to begin to influence the life of others. The life of others, well, that's what matured Christians do. They take care. They see to the life of other people. They take care of other people. They make sure other people are in line. They are in the journey to turn out well. If we are not growing, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, if we don't follow this paradigm and we refuse to grow or we choose not to grow, if we are not growing, one thing is paramount. We are losing in this life. You are losing. We are also losing in the life which is to come when we don't grow. It's a double loss. In this life, we lose. And in the life to come, we are also losing. But if we are growing, that is, if we become fathers and mothers, helping other believers to mature, helping others to grow and be Christ-like, now we are seeing ourselves in, in a position for greater impact. Not only in this world. We will have greater impact in this world that is now and also, we will have greater reward when we get to heaven. Why? Because we did well on this part of eternity. We helped others. We helped others to grow. We helped others to fulfill the plan of God for their lives. We helped others. We participated in other people's lives to become what God wants them to be. That is thumbs up from heaven. You win in two directions. You choose to not to grow. You lose in this earth. You lose in the world to come. But you choose to mature, you choose to grow, you put yourself in a position to help others in this part of eternity, and when you get to the other side, there's great reward waiting for you. I know there are many things in this life that can make us fold our hands. We don't want to participate in other people's lives. A church like this, you can even say, come, just say your prayers. I say amen, I go home, I mind my business. I don't want to be involved in people. People, I don't want them to be involved with me. You just want to go solo. You want to keep your life to yourself. But I'm letting you know today, that's not the plan of God. That's your own personal plan, and it is selfish. That is no way the plan of God for us. You've got to be a Christian because somebody left their comfort seat to come and be a blessing to you. When you were a child also, there was a pastor who labored for you. There was a church praying for you to grow. Whether you know it or not, it doesn't matter. But that's what happens. In this church, there are a group of people every day of the week, they come to this altar various times to pray. Who are they praying for? They are praying for you. They are praying for your children. They are praying for your marriage. They are praying for your life. What is that? That's contributing. Hello? That's playing your part. Amen? They are praying for you to be well with you. They are praying for you to grow like we are talking about today. Amen? Amen? 
You've got to do something. To, there was an HOD that watched over you. Hello? There was a department you served that the departmental head watched over you. That's growing people. That's maturing people. Praise the Lord. So when we get ourselves involved in this, we will see more of God's work at work in our lives. Because God is big on maturity. Anything that will bring glory to his name, he will grow it. Praise God. I said, praise God. So I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, always look for spiritual development as a goal, as a goal in life. Anywhere you find yourself, develop yourself spiritually. As a pastor, I develop myself spiritually. You must not get to a point in your life, you say, oh, there's no more need to do spiritual exercises. No. Always look for spiritual development as a goal. When spiritual development becomes your goal and you are progressing in Christ-like, your decision-making process will be Christ-like. You will start taking decisions like Christ was there to take that decision. Quickly, this morning, what is spiritual growth? There's a lot of confusion about spiritual growth. Some people think collection of information is spiritual growth. Let me just read, let me collect information here and there, I will grow. No, growth doesn't take place that way. Another one thinks that mechanical data is spiritual growth. Let me just know the five steps to this, or seven steps to that, or three steps to that. Praise God. That is not spiritual growth. To connect to growth, praise God, to connect to growth takes more than that. Some people think it's religious activity. Maybe if I witness more, maybe if I walk more, maybe if I serve more, I will grow. All those things are good. But doing more and enjoying less is not the growth that is being spoken about today. What then is spiritual growth? Is that transformational process? What did I call it? Transformational process. If you are writing down, I'll take it easy so you can get it down. Growth, spiritual growth is that transformational process of increasingly expressing Underline the word increasingly expressing. There is an expression, but it has to be in an increasing format. Increasingly expressing the reality of our relationship with the indwelling Christ. Again, it is that transformational process of the increasingly of increasingly expressing the reality of our relationship with the indwelling life of Christ. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. More of him being expressed through less of me. That spiritual growth. It's all about God. God getting bigger in your life and you getting smaller. That is growth. More of him being expressed 
through less of me. Let's turn our Bibles quickly to the book of 2 Peter 3.18. Please help the people of God on this slide. 2 Peter 3.18. Glory be to God. Second Peter three eighteen, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forevermore. Amen. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. Growth is important. But grow in grace and in the knowledge. Wow. If there's any other area that we need to grow, if we want to grow spiritually, is to grow on the subject of grace. <laughs> First Peter 2, 2 says, we should desire the sincere milk of the word of God, that through it we may grow thereby. Growth is maximizing your potential in life. Every ability God has put on the inside of you, you maximizing it. That is growth. That is, you are not settling for relish. You are not settling for the minimum. You are going for all of it with all of what is on the inside of you. Growth won't happen here in church. Growth will happen outside church. <laughs> That's deep. Everybody is matured in church. You don't think so? Praise God. Growth is a life to live, not a lesson to learn. It's a life to live, not a lesson to learn. Spiritual growth is progressively learning that Christ should live his life through you. This only happens via relationships. If Christ is going to live his life through me, I can only allow him, or he can only do that if he has relationship with me. If I know him and he knows me, that is the only way he can live his life through me. If I don't know him, how do I know what he wants? Now, the scripture says here, grow in grace and in knowledge of Jesus Christ. Grace speaks to relationship. I must be strong in my relationship with God. Grace is all about what God is free to do for you and I, based on what Jesus has done on the cross on our behalf. That is grace. God's enablement to exercise his power on our behalf. Thank you, Jesus. We are growing in the grace and knowledge of a person. It's God's supply of his goodness. Glory be to God. God's supply of his goodness. Grace is always a gift, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot earn grace. 
and there is nothing you can do to have grace. You cannot demand grace. Are you getting my point? You receive grace. That's what you do to grace. It's a gift. You receive it. God's enablement, God's power, God's willingness to exercise his power on our behalf, we receive it. Amen. If you are to grow, listen to me once again. You cannot escape the subject of grace. If you are going to grow, then you have to grow in a relationship with grace. Amen. The more you know about relationships, the more the grace you will experience. I want to grow. Everybody wants to grow. I want to grow. It's my goal to grow. I want to maximize my spiritual identity and my spiritual reality. I want to grow. I want to maximize it. My identity in Christ, I want to. My reality, I want to express it. But I am going to church. But I don't just want to go to church. Yes, it's good to go to church. That's what Christians do. They go to church. But I just don't want to go to church. That's not why I want to go to church, because that is what Christians do. No. I don't want to go to church because it is Sunday. I want to go to church to meet you today. That is growth. Are you listening to me? It's in the relationship, not in the everyday do's and don'ts. That is maturity. I'm going to church. Yes, it's Sunday. Is that why you are going to church? Well, on Sundays we go to church, but that's not why I'm going to church. I'm going to church to meet with him, to see him. You see, that goal is different from the person who is coming to church well because it's Sunday. That is what we were told ever since we were born to just always show up in church. And when you show up in church, when they say, good morning, say, huh? Because you don't know why you're here. Praise God. You are growing. You are going to church because you want to meet with him today. You are seeing church as a meeting point between God and man. I've not come to joke. I've not come to fight. I've not come to do other distractions. I've come to meet with him. I am going to read my Bible. But I don't want to read my Bible just because one verse a day keeps the devil away. You haven't heard that before. Okay, now you have heard it. One verse a day keeps the devil away. That's why some people want to read the Bible. No, that's not why I want to read the Bible. I want to read the Bible because I will see you today. I want to see you. I want to hear from you today. I want to be in your presence. That's why I want to read it. Because you said your word is spirit and life. You say it's health to those who find it. I want to find you in your word today. That's why I want to read the word. I want to pray today, not because that is what Christians do, although it's good to pray. Christians should pray, but that's not why I want to pray. I want to pray because that's what you taught the people you love to do. You said men ought always to pray. You taught people you love, you taught them to pray. That's why I want to pray. 
Praise God. So it's all about him. Maturity always puts God first in everything. That's the acid test for to knowing mature people. Is it you you are putting first? Or is it God you are putting first? Praise God. Many of us are not growing, not because we don't want a relationship with him. It's because we are pulling the relationship in the wrong direction. I want you to note this today. It's all about God. God exists for his glory. God's greatest goal is his greatest glory. It's all about the glory of God. A mature person guards and watches for the glory of God. He will not partake. He will not share in that glory. Praise God. He will give all of it to him. It is less of you and more of him. Are you listening to me today? I said many of us, it's not that we we don't want a relationship with him. No. We do, but we keep on pulling it in the wrong direction. Isaiah 43, verses 6 and 7. Let's quickly see that as I begin to bring the message to a close. First round. Amen. Before you get too excited. Isaiah 43, 6 and 7. Are you there? I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth. Verse 7. And everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for... Why did God create him and her? For my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. You and I have been made for what? For his glory. Listen to that. You are made for what? For his glory. Your life must give glory to him. That is where maturity begins. You are checking everything about your life. Is this bringing glory to God? If I do this, does it bring glory to God? This relationship I'm about to have, will it bring glory to God? What I'm about to do right now, will it bring glory to God? You're asking yourself. Is my life bringing glory to God? You've asked yourself, 24 hours have passed. Did I bring glory to God in any way? It's all about giving glory to God. He said, I have made you for my glory. God has made you and I for his glory. This is so important. The Bible says, even if we fail, the Bible puts it this way, you have sinned when you fail to bring glory to God. It's not in what you do sometimes. It's, it's in, have you brought glory to God? Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. It is sin when we fail to bring glory to God. 
They says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It is sin when we don't bring him glory. Are you bringing him glory in that your place of work? Are you bringing him glory in your neighborhood? Or you fought every neighbor there? Have you brought him glory on everything he has blessed you with lately? This is where maturity begins. Failure to bring God glory is sin. Amen. Your life, the summary of your life is to bring God glory. Amen. Is your household bringing him glory? The way you live, is he bringing God glory? Is, can you boldly say God is proud of the way you are living? Are you conforming to the image and likeness of Christ? Are you bringing him glory? The Bible says you are a sinner not because of what you did. Not because you have done real bad things lately. Not because you have done terrible stuff. But when you fail to bring glory to God, he says you're a sinner. One is a sinner because you failed in giving glory to God. Living the way you are created to live. He said, I formed you for my glory. That is why you are created, to bring glory to God. Failure to do such, the Bible says you are living in sin. To glorify God means, number one, to promote him. Are you promoting God? Everybody around seeing you, that it is God that is at work, not your looks. To give glory to God means to draw attention to him intentionally. As a primary purpose for living. The apostle said, whether it is in this tabernacle or outside this tabernacle, that the excellency of knowledge may be of him and that the glory may be given to him. The glory. In every day of your life, to give him glory. Praise God. God wants to go public, but he is invisible. There is a generation he has created to make him visible in the community. Guess who that generation is? The chosen generation, the royal priesthood, the peculiar set of people, those he called out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is you, sister. That is you, my brother. You are that generation that ought to bring glory to him. As he said in Isaiah 46, that you are created for his glory. His goodness, his manifest presence. God wants you to go to the public and make him visible out there. Thank you, Father, because we will promote your name. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a radical decision. To say you want to grow is a radical decision. To say you want to grow to maturity, that is what mature people do. You see this thing I'm sharing with you? That is what they live for. They protect his glory. They protect his glory. Are you ready for that kind of lifestyle? That this will not bring glory to God. I take decisions in my household. 
Sometimes they don't understand. But this is my guiding point. It's okay to do this, but it won't bring glory to God. Remember when my, my younger son, I mean, yeah, my son, when he was in school, sometimes they do these activities in school, whether it's hockey, whether it's something like that. And I said, it's great. You can do all those sports. I was a sportsman myself. It's lovely to do that. But they started fixing things that will be on the day of church. I said, no. I remember one time he did not understand why his dad would not support him. I said, it's okay. I'll make it up, number one, as a responsible father. But I will never teach you by any shape or any form that the house of God comes second. I will not. You know why you are not going to do this activity this time? Because it clashes with the appointment God has with you. You may not understand. It's about me. It says, I and my, I and my, I and my household. Is he part of my household? Uh, sorry, you have been trapped. You may not understand. But you know. I didn't know the younger one was watching all the while. When she was of her age, even before they say anything, if it clashes with, it, uh, with the day of church, she says, oh, sorry, we have church. Praise God. Sorry, we have church. Now, I've used every method to ingrain it in them. That you will be glad when they say it is time to do what? To go to the house of God. Praise God. This is a radical decision, like I said. It's going to affect you in every area of your life. There are some friends you cannot move with. Not because they are not good people. Not because they don't have anything to offer. But that relationship will not bring glory to God. You see, it constrains us. I can't relate with you because if I relate with you, glory will not be to God. I guide it. Praise God. Ah, but it's going to benefit me. It's going to benefit me. You see the problem now? It's now selfish. It's no longer for him. To mature is a radical decision. Asking yourself the question, when I wake up tomorrow, Till the end of my life, I want my life to point to his glory. That it's all for his glory. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10.31. 1 Corinthians 10.31. Your passion in life, make it your earthly goal to give glory to God. If the glory of God is not on it, then I choose not to be part of it. Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. That's why you are born. That's maturity. Do all. How many? All. How much is all? How many percent? 
100%. Do you mean, oh, there should be some exception. Is there exception there? He said, do all to the glory of God. The question is this. Will this glorify God? Will this bring glory to God? Have this as your life mantra. Whatever I will do, as from today henceforth, I, must, I might not have known this truth years ago. I might have lived my life similar to this, but I've got the truth today. Everything I will do is to the glory of God. Missing church, is it to the glory of God? Now, I'm not trying to make you guilty now because some of you have missed church. No, that's not what I'm doing, no. I'm just trying to share this truth with you. All right? Is it to the glory of God? No, it's not. Anything that I'm supposed to do as a child of God, when I'm not doing it, is it to the glory of God? So it's only mature people. In pain, in difficulty. I shared something to you, with you now. When I had to tell my son, no, you can't go and do that sport because of church. You think as a father it didn't hurt me? It pained me. Because I love him so much, I want him to do it. Praise God. I want him to know also that he matters so much to me. That's the best time you can give your children best quality of life. That's why I said, I will make it up in some other areas. It's not that you won't make it up. That's a hurting decision. Because I see what some other fathers do. They will take time off work to drive their children to Veracruz. You don't know where that is. They would drive four hours into the United States just to go and make the kid play basketball. Have you met parents like that? They would do all that. You think I don't want to do that as a father for my own kid? That thing is going to cost you. That's why I'm telling you it's a decision. It's a, it's a voracious decision. It's a painful decision. It's a radical decision. But the one that said, you and your household, you can follow your children to all the hockey arenas in this world. If they don't know God, it's a waste of time. So you better let them know God at every level. Anyway, let's quickly put a wrap to this. What God is after, ladies and gentlemen, is his own glory. He wants attention drawn to him. He wants you to make a big deal about him. You will grow with speed when you put yourself in this position to make it your mantra in life that everything you do is for his glory. People will say to you, like they say to kids, you know, you know, you know how kids grow up these days? You leave a kid alone for like two years, you come back, he's taller than you. You know what I mean? So, well, what happened? What happened? How did you grow so fast? What happened? That's how your life will be spiritually. When, you see, God, God promotes things that will give glory to him. He expands it. If God knows your life is about giving glory to him, guaranteed God will give you more attention than the regular. 
If you become passionate about giving glory to God. Praise God. Because growth is intentional. I've seen, I've heard many people comment that, wow, what happened to you, pastor, during this pandemic? You have just been giving hot, hot messages. Have you heard that? Hot, hot message. Say, yeah, it's intentional. I made up my mind to grow. I don't want to be the same pastor you did last year. Next year, I don't want to be the same pastor you knew this year. I have to grow. Praise God. I remember years ago, I think it was 2008, I took some time off work. And it was, the goal was clear. I wanted to grow more. I felt my work was taking too much attention. I, re, I resigned. I took a year off work. And I decided to live by faith. I sold my house then. We moved to a rented apartment. Praise God. It was more important to me. By the time I finished that one year, I didn't know what was happening. But all my friends were saying, we knew where we left you last year. They were telling me things have changed. You have really grown. You have gone deeper. We know. It was out of that one year God of Wonders came out. It was out of that one year. I can't, I can't begin to tell you what came out of that one year. Because it was intentional to grow. A lot of potentials that God had put on the inside of me started coming out. Started coming out. Why? You give yourself that the glory of God ABC. It was a year after that time. Thank God, God has used me in several capacities before. Ears, deaf ears have been opened, blind eyes have been opened ever since I was a teenager. But nobody has risen from the wheelchair in all my days in ministry. It was a year after that somebody rose from the wheelchair. It was a year after that that somebody with terminal cancer, stage four terminal cancer, was healed. It never happened before in my own life or ministry. What happened? Intentional growth. Intentional growth. Your life will be used to help others. You keep on bringing glory to God. Glory to God. Your life will be all about giving glory to God. Praise God. I said praise God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added. I want to say more, but I can see some people are frowning their faces. So from there, I know that my time is up. Glory be to God. Shall we rise up on our feet? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday at 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street. St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.